1: Millions of Americans have to be concerned every year from the threat of Alzheimer's disease. The emotional and economic impact on families continues to grow every year. Many people who believe they will have the disease apply for long-term care insurance to help them if afflicted. And now a gene test is being used which can help people know much earlier if they could be afflicted by the disease. But the impact on the insurance companies giving out the long-term care insurance could be damaging. To explain the background and the reasons why, we are joined on the phone by Gene Lemaire, who's a professor of risk management here at the Wharton School, and also joined in studio by Arupa Ganguly, who is a professor of genetics at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, who runs their genetic diagnostic lab. Arupa, great to see you. Thank you for coming in today.
0: It's my pleasure.
1: Thank you. Gene, great to have you on the phone with us. Thank you. Uh, I guess let, let's start with this this gene itself, it, which is the APOE4 gene and how it kind of plays in, Arupa, to the understanding of whether somebody would have Alzheimer's disease.
0: So, you know, the APOE4 is one of the four forms in which this gene comes. So there are different versions of it. One of them is APOE2, E3, E4. And uh, so people who carry this APOE4 allele, they have a higher risk of getting Alzheimer's disease. And uh, the E2 allele is, uh, I'm told, or from my readings, is that it's a risk-reducing allele, whereas E4 is a risk-enhancing allele. Right. Someone who is born with two copies of the E4 will have a 15-fold increased risk. Someone who has only one, fold, uh, one copy of it has a four-fold increased risk of uh, having Alzheimer's. But this is not really the familial form of uh, Alzheimer's disease for which there is a whole different set of genes which are tested. The E4 allele is what we talk about when we are talking about people without any symptoms or any family history right now, but who will be who are concerned about their risk of future risk of getting Alzheimer's disease.
1: And, and obviously the impact of people understanding that they have this gene and the potential that is there, that's a big impact on a person's life, no matter, I guess, the timing of when they find out that they have this gene in amongst their system.
0: True, I mean, so if an individual, usually this APOE4 or APOE allele testing is done in the context of someone who is already affected and is going into a clinical trial or, I mean, or just before they're uh, symptomatic. And it is done in the context of clinical uh, trials. But um, what this test will allow an individual like me, you know, just spitting into a tube and getting the results and finding out what is the, Apo, uh, the status of the APOE4 e-gene in my um, system. And that can tell me, you know, what is my risk from this particular gene of getting Alzheimer's. And um, it impacts because it's not an easy piece of information to deal with, mainly because right. you cannot prevent it. So genetic information is something that one has to live with. They cannot change it. And the other thing is that there aren't any guidelines right now as to how to prevent the onset of alzheimer's disease right. maybe it can be delayed somewhat but the final onset will happen however you know it increases the risk but it is not the only factor that is going to determine whether the person will get alzheimer's or um, when the person will get the Alzheimer's? Is,
1: the, is there hope though that that having a greater understanding? And obviously, I, I saw one statistic that had five and a half million people, you know, being afflicted by, by Alzheimer's. Uh, that that it, the hope is is that eventually we will be able to find a path to be able to find a cure for it. So, you know, having this understanding to a degree, at least having the awareness of it. Does it help in the process of trying to move forward to trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's?
0: Yeah, so, you know, the company 23 and Me allows you to share, you know, once you get the uh, results back, they will allow you to share this information with your physician, with others, and uh, so that you can be part of future clinical trials, future preventive uh, protocols, and things like that. Um, but I think... Personally, I think the information has so much emotional impact, so much, um, you know, economic impact, meaning, you know, what's going to happen? Who's going to take care of me in the future? And I think that leads us to all think about long-term care insurance. And as I read this New York Times article, that was something that has been resonating with me because uh, I'm concerned that uh, if someone wants to be proactive and doesn't want to burden his or her family with taking care of it financially, I mean, as also in every other way, what are the options they will have? And one thing is that if you can afford it, try to plan to have a long-term care insurance. And if that's going to change, that's going to be uh, very devastating, um, consequence of having this information and not being able to do anything
1: so it. so i'm sorry so so Jean, uh, when you look at the industry as a whole right now some of the statistics talk about how this long-term long-term care industry uh has been dwindling over the last decade or so anyway uh what is the impact in, in your mind of having this type of diagnostic ability on uh alzheimer's towards the industry as a whole
2: Well, the long-term insurance is is in trouble already. Uh, A few years ago, about 100 companies were offering it. Now it's down to 12. Uh, Essentially, people signing up for that policy are much sicker than expected. And this is the problem for insurance companies. Policyholders do self-select. People buying annuities live longer. People buying term insurance live a shorter life. People buying long-term insurance, they have problems. This is a problem that we know as adverse selection. People trying to take advantage of some information that they have and that they don't have to reveal to their insurance company. For for insurance companies selling long-term care insurance, this is actually the perfect storm. An inexpensive test less than $200, which is highly predictive of a very expensive disease with results that consumers may not have to reveal their company. It seems to be a real worst case scenario for insurance companies.
1: Well, and that's interesting, Arupa, because as as Jean mentioned, the cost of this test, as he said, is about $200, which for a lot of people, they are more than willing to spend that $200 make that investment to have that understanding of whether or not they're looking at thousands of dollars in costs later on in life.
0: It's very true. Uh, but uh, right now, I think um, the individual who is worried about his or her future, uh, what are the options? They want to know this. And they also know that if they want to disclose it, they won't get insurance. Yeah. So there is uh, like... A, dichotomy there. I mean, we want insurance, but we cannot get insurance if we reveal why we want insurance. And that's why, you know, it is a perfect storm because the people who find out they don't have the bad allele, they will not go for this long-term care insurance, which is expensive. I mean, I personally have long-term care insurance through the university, but uh, I mean, it's still not inexpensive. And uh, the sooner you start, the less expensive it is. But as time goes on and people uh, are become more and more aware of it, um, I don't know how people are going to play it out in, in terms of disclosing, you know, whether they have had gene test right. and what is the result of the gene test. And um, as much as I can understand from the insurer's point of view, that this is uh, like a selection for the sick people who want to have the insurance. Uh, I don't know the solution um, without a universal healthcare system or something like that.
1: Well, and, and that uh, Jean brings up the kind of the question of healthcare right now, and the potential of what we may or may not see in, in the weeks and months to come, uh, and the potential of states to be able to potentially opt out of certain elements of healthcare. Uh, And and this could be potentially one of them, which could have quite an adverse effect uh, on people, on the industry, on on a variety of different areas.
2: Yes, it is a tremendously expensive uh, disease. Uh, Long-term care. If you are to stay in a good nursing home in the US, you are talking about $100,000 a year. Alzheimer's disease, you are talking about possibly five, six, seven years. It is a very, very expensive claim. So we do face this possibility that only high risk people will will purchase insurance. Insurance companies will need to increase their prices. So people who test negative, they will drop out of the market. We call that the death spiral, meaning policies becoming more and more expensive. Uh, insuring a smaller and smaller proportion of people uh, insurance may not be the solution or the only solution there.
1: Well and almost it seems like we we could be heading to a point where the, the the companies that are are selling this long-term care insurance we get to the point where they they would logically assume that if somebody is buying long-term care insurance that they are, it, they are sick and they know what is coming up, even though these insurance companies don't to a degree. Correct, John?
2: Yes. Sir. Right now they are. Not allowed to ask many questions. The society has to decide which questions can be asked and which questions cannot be asked, like questions about uh, race, religion, national origin, sexual orientation. These questions cannot be asked, even though there may, there may be significant statistical difference for claims. Society has, de- has to decide whether questions about genetic testing can be allowed or not. It's a question about who is subsidizing who. If insurance companies are not allowed to ask any genetic test question, they will continue to drop out of the market. And in the end, the taxpayer will pay for that.
1: But are these, are these tests as we know them right now, they are not subsidized by, by insurance? You have to pay the full $200 yourself, correct?
2: Yes, but 200 is not expensive given the information that it provides. All the tests are much, much more expensive.
1: But seemingly, this is with this 23andMe company, which is, is doing this test. From what I read, more and more companies are going to offer this type of testing, which obviously is to a degree, it's going to flood the market with the opportunities that people could have to be able to find out this information.
2: Unless companies are allowed to ask whether people took the test during the underwriting process or not, this is the main question. Right. Obviously, it's very sensitive information for consumers. They look at it as very private information, their genetic makeup. They don't want to reveal it. Companies want to know about it. Company want a level playing field. If you have the information, you've got to give it us to uh, give it to us. Insurance companies will never request anybody to take a test. But if they have taken it, they want policyholders, prospective policyholders to reveal that they have taken the test.
0: But I think, you know, that is problematic. I mean, why would an individual who will know that uh, that person is at higher risk of getting, say, Alzheimer's or any other um, disease uh, of the agent, that it's going to cost a lot in terms of care, and therefore uh, cost a lot in terms of the insurance policy, um, reveal this. Because on the other hand, people need long-term care for many other diseases. And so uh, just because someone is carrying an ApoE4 allele, uh, that person to be... uh, uh, deprived of having an opportunity to buy this long-term care ins, uh, insurance as opposed to many others who will have you know have other conditions which are not for which there is no predictive testing at the moment but uh, for many of them you really need a very long-term care and uh, if those individuals uh, even if you want everyone to disclose, uh, you know what is the test result. They may be carrying the ApoE2 alleles, but that doesn't mean they won't need long-term care insurance for some other cause. And so this, I, I see that this information can be misleading, yeah. uh, and uh, because it's not a predictive test, which like BRCA1 and two, there is a much higher uh, probability that they will get it. This is, you know, changing it uh fourfold versus 15 fold or something like that this uh, a test should not be used against the results of this test should not be used against not giving long term care insurance right. to these people when the others who are negative for this may have other reasons for getting, uh, needing long-term care
1: insurance. We are joined uh, on the phone by Jean Lemaire, who is a professor of risk management here at the Wharton School, and also in studio by Arupa Ganguly, who is a professor of genetics at the U- Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. She runs their genetic diagnostic lab. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. One of the other interesting things, Jean, that that the article kind of assumes or thinks is a possibility down the road. And obviously, a lot of things have to kind of play out for it to happen. But they kind of say that this could be opening the door to these types of questions being asked at employment time, which is obviously, I mean, you're not allowed to do that now because it's seen as discriminatory. But again, you have to think long term on this, John. And that is something that that truly is. I mean, we're kind of opening a bunch of Pandora's boxes here.
2: Absolutely. Down the road, the insurance companies and even employers are kind of afraid of what, what could happen. The U.S. is the one country in the world where employers pay for healthcare insurance. Consumers may fear employee, employment discrimination if their employers find out that they have potentially a very expensive disease. So it's not only the insurance market that's going to be affected, but possibly the entire employment market. So, So the fear is that Real reliable information would be available at a fairly low price. Insurance See, companies are using a ton of information, your yeah. cholesterol level, your blood pressure. Uh, this is cheap to obtain and it's predictive, but it's not that highly predictive. We are not talking about a 15-fold increase of the probability to develop the, the disease here. So most most insurance companies do use geneticists to try to figure out what could what pot- potentially happen.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, what you're referring to is a, like the genetic information derived from family history, which is easier to ask, I right. think, and is not is not something that's not allowed at the moment. It's allowed, but what I uh, Think we should think about is how this information is available in other countries like Europe, Sweden, other um, and the places. And Twenty Three and Me, they have been offering this test um, in those countries for almost ten years now. And uh, but because they have uh, universal healthcare in many places, these things have not really had any consequence. It is going to have a big consequence in our country, not so much uh, in other places and the uh, you know you brought up the employability um, uh, mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. which is not allowed right now because of gina the genetic um, non discrimination uh, information non discrimination act um, but you know things can change uh, we are in a changing <laughs> yeah. environment now so things can change and these things can really you know uh, sway the um, uh, Wave of information gatherers and uh, what the consequences of that on term in terms of health insurance, life insurance, and employability. And uh, it's really going to be um, very concerning in the coming days and months.
1: But did I read it correctly that I guess the original intent of, of these types of tests by 23andMe? truly was through like trying to find ancestry uh, of people and and trying to understand where people came from and their family backgrounds.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, a few years ago, it was actually stopped by FDA because it was giving out information that uh, FDA thought people are not ready for. It has changed. It has now gone back and it's going to allow... Uh, um, dissemination of this kind of uh, uh, test results, people will have to opt in to get that test result, like for Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Right. They have to say that, yes, I want that result. And they have the option of going to a genetic counselor because you know, many individuals may not understand before they get the test result what it means. And that's right. why while you are providing an individual... With the autonomy to have the uh, a test result, they are in charge of their own genetic information. They can use it, but then there is also a problem, and it's one of the problems that we have known for a long time: is that if uh, we don't know how that individual is going to react to that information, right. and some may become paranoid, some may become, uh, you know, they can have all kind of psychological uh, impact. And so, it's very important that the test. Uh, results are communicated in the right context and the right way
1: john is is, in looking at the business aspect of this for a second the long-term care industry those companies that are providing those insurance opportunities for people that, that need them how separate are they from what we know as the the big massive health industry in general right now or are there crossovers uh along the way
2: they are somewhat separate. Uh, very few insurance companies now do provide long-term care insurance. Uh, obviously, uh, thousands of companies in the U.S. provide life insurance, health, health insurance, but long-term care is a very, very specialized uh, part of the insurance field, and it is unfortunately decreasing. Uh, Last year, only 100,000 people bought it out of over 300 million Americans, so it is becoming a very, very small field, and that's not good for insurance. Insurance works on the idea that many, many people uh, buy the policy, so the unlucky few who get the disease are being spawned, subsidized by many others who don't get it. So if the market continues to wind at all uh, the policy may not be
1: offered anymore which means from the medical perspective that we're looking at a potential crisis point coming up here of the fact that if we have a dwindling marketplace for long-term insurance yet we still have millions of people that are dealing with diseases like alzheimer's we're going to get to a point potentially where these people are not going to have long-term care as as an option
0: they will not. As I understand, people will not be able to buy the long-term care insurance because it'll be too expensive. Right. Because uh, people don't think of a long-term can, uh, buying a long-term care insurance when they're 20. They start to think about it as they get older. 35, 40, 40. 50. Yeah. 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 And so by that time, you have already, uh, you know, reduced the pool of people who are, you know, sure. going to contribute to this thing. And as John mentioned, is that, Insurance works if many people buy uh, their policy and and the sick people are taken care of by the not not so sick people in that sense. But um, it will not happen if the insurance companies also ask uh, for this information uh, that what is your genetic test result? And people will shy away from getting this long-term care insurance uh, at that point. But the other, the
1: other part to it, John, is as well, is just the companies themselves that provide this insurance and, and what their future looks like. As you mentioned, yeah. it's gone from 100 down to 12. Well, who's to say it won't go from 12 to, to, zero. to Yeah, to zero here in the next decade?
2: Very It could very well be. It's a little bit of a U.S. problem also. Two-thirds of the people in nursing homes are on Medicaid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is a strategy uh, if you have Alzheimer's to, you know, Go through your assets uh, in order to be eligible for Medicaid, and then the government pays for it. Is that an optimal solution? Probably not. But that's the only solution that many people have for the moment. So the the situation in the U.S. is totally different than the situation in other countries where they have single-payer universal health care. they have very many different policies some companies in some countries people are companies are allowed to ask questions right. in other or not so it's not obvious it's not obvious whether you want to take the test or not because you're not testing yourself only you're you're testing your whole family uh, as was mentioned uh, a lot of counseling is needed for people taking the test to find out how to really understand the test it's has the potential of being a complicated situation
0: here. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think, uh, you know, anytime uh, a genetic test is done, and which is followed by casket testing, meaning that other family members who um, are tested, this changes the family dynamics in many situations. Sure. Yep. And um, it can be something... I mean, uh, you bring into your uh, into your living room a storm that was n- completely not asked for before. And yep. so by doing this test, you are bringing that situation, but it also has so much economic consequences for the people who are actually going to take care of this sick person in future. So I think, you know... <laughs> In a way, I feel like not knowing this would have been better for many people. And uh, we'll have to see how people are going forward with it.
1: Great to have you both with us. Thank you, Jean. All the best. Thank you. Arupa, great to see you again. Thank you very much for coming in. Greatly appreciate it. Jean LaMere from the Wharton School. Arupa Ganguly from the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania.
0: For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.